We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. What's going on, everybody? Rob Dawson here from Field of 68 with a brand new episode of the Top Dogs Podcast. I was planning on doing something on Wednesday that fell through, uh, but I was able to connect with Marcus Williams, former UConn point guard, uh, the star of the 2016 that made it to the Elite Eight, one of the best passers to ever come through stores, Connecticut. He was able to join me and jump on for about 35 minutes. It's a fun conversation, interesting conversation. Uh, we talked a little bit about how he just recently got his degree, what he's been doing uh, of late, and uh, he named an all-time UConn starting five, which is a pretty dang good one. So uh, you're going to want to stick around and listen to this. Just uh, make sure that you are aware. Field of 68 Daily, it is the daily newsletter that you can subscribe to and stay up to date on everything college basketball. The link is in the description below. And make sure you check out our merch store, fieldof68.shop. We have a special running right now until the Champions Classic 20% off with the code CHAMPIONS uh, gets you, well, 20% off at checkout. So uh, let's get into that interview now with Marcus Williams. And now let me welcome on to top dogs, Marcus Williams, one of the best point guards that I've ever seen play basketball for UConn. He was part of the uh, the UConn team that made it to the Elite Eight in 2006. He was, I don't know if you actually won any All-American awards, but you were All-Americans in our eyes and our hearts. Marcus, what's going on, man? How you doing? Thanks for being here. Oh, man, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. So, um in doing some research for this, one of the things that I came across that I didn't realize is that just about six months ago, you actually got your degree from UConn, right? I did. So I did. take me through, take me through that process. Like what kind of precipitated that decision? So um, I'm sure like everything else, the pandemic kind of helped everyone uh, find themselves or it kind of slows you down. But I mean, for myself, it was like, I think it was a perfect opportunity because they made a lot of things available online and, right. and being in Los Angeles, it was just like, well, I'm not really doing anything. I can't really do anything. So 
let me try to lock in on um trying to get my degree. And um I had contacted the school, the academic advisor, and um a couple of people on the coaching staff, and it kind of got me the right numbers. And it, and from like starting, it seemed like it was a lot. I had to go to like a local community college first, really, to kind of be reinstated. And I had to take like a winter course, and then I took a full, um, a full spring course at like the local community college. So then I did. Um, after that, I was reinstated back in Connecticut. And I did um, two two sessions of summer school, did a fall session, spring session, and then graduated in the spring. Or no, I had to do another. Um, I graduated with 119 uh, credits, and you need 120 to graduate. So I had to take one credit in the um, summer, and I just finished uh, officially in August. Well, one, congratulations, Dan. That's awesome. Um, I love when, when guys go back and, and get their degree and finish their diploma. How good did it feel to, to finally get that diploma? Just kind of hold it up and say, hey, man, I did it. You know it. what, man? It, it, was, it, was, it was everything. It was, it was more than what I thought it was going to be. Because, I mean, going to school, um, it's not one of my favorite things. But I don't think it's anybody's favorite thing, man. <laughs> doing it when I got older, it, it wasn't that bad. As, as like when you're what 20 19 years old i mean i i know a little more now um so it, it wasn't that bad it was just it, it, it was real time consuming mm -hmm. so um you get a different perspective right like you realize there's an end goal to this as opposed to super, like this is what i got to do i got practice now then we leave for the game here and i got to do this homework in between but now you realize there's that i mean it's going to help you right it's for sure now, like I, I see the light or I seen the light at the end of the tunnel. So, I mean, being in college at what, 18, 19, 20, um, I would say 95% of athletes, especially basketball players, are going to school to play sports. And, uh, and, uh, and a lot of athletes who have goals after college or, or professional goals tend to focus on that only. And school kind of tends to get in the way of those thoughts for some people. But being that my professional career was behind me, it didn't I didn't have any real um distractions. Right. From actually okay. trying to finish school or learning or whatever the case may be. Have any of your teammates kind of followed suit and said, Hey, you know what? If Marcus is gonna do it, that sounds like a good um, idea to go do that too. Not that I know of, but I I talked to Josh uh mm -hmm. enough, fairly enough. And he was like, Yo, you graduated? Um who I got to contact? Like, who do I need to contact in order to kind of get mine going? And I mean, Josh was, he was my roommate. So, in, so in school, he, he was 3.0, 3.2. Like he was really good. He just left early. Mm -hmm. So I think he's, he kind of thought about it. Like maybe I should kind of just go ahead and finish. So I heard a story that for uh for graduation, you took a flight from LA to Connecticut and then on the same day, you took the flight from Connecticut back to LA. Is that true? Yeah, I had I had some I had some things to do, man. I got a I got a um a three year old son. He just turned three in September, so I had to get back and do some other things. But um, yeah, what I I think I took a red eye. Got there, I flew to Boston. Got to Boston at like seven in the morning. Um, went to the uh, got to campus about nine, maybe nine nine thirty, I think. And uh, caught up with some of the coaches, uh, looked at the new campus. Um, I think graduation may have been like 12, 1 o'clock. 
graduation was maybe 30 minutes, 40 minutes, and um, hung out for a little bit and went back to the airport. <laughs> that is a long day to go get a diploma, man. Was it worth it? It was, but it was it was it was worth it. It was definitely worth it seeing the campus, uh, seeing Coach Moore, seeing Talit. Um, just kind of, it was like, man, it, like it, it it changed a lot, but it didn't. So like, just kind of like looking at campus and seeing the new buildings, um, seeing how it's been since I left, as far as just um, accomplishments and all the things that's there, is, it was really nice. So let's start from the beginning, right? Your, your UConn career started in, uh, I believe it was 2003, right? You are an LA kid. You're from Southern California. One, how did you end up going to Stores, Connecticut? And two, I want to know your first thought when you get there and you're like, look at all these trees and look at all these cows and look at all these farms up here. Like, what was was a little bit of a culture shock when you got there? Um, so the first question, how I got there. Honestly, in high school, it was just uh, – I played in a tournament in Vegas. Um, I was getting recruited, but – I didn't really care for recruitment. I, I literally was just playing sports to have fun and, and have friends who played. Like I took it serious, but I never really had an end goal, so to speak. I never like, it, it was never like NBA, NBA. It was never like a, like I wasn't hung up on it. I really just enjoyed playing basketball. Right. And, um, playing the, playing the, um, the big time tournament in Vegas, the Adidas big time tournament. And, um, I had a pretty good tournament. I had a few good games in front of Coach Calhoun, and um, he offered a, um, a visit. I took the visit. It was like, what, July maybe? I took an unofficial visit, and I liked it. I liked everything he had to say. It was it was just different from every other coach. It was just like, if you're good, you're going to play. If you're not good, you're not going to play. Like I was hearing from every coach, you're going to start, you're going to be the man. Which that's it's not likely all the time. Mm-hmm. Like I'm a realist. I like I knew who was there. Like Ben Gordon is there, Talik Brown is there. Like I know I'm not gonna go in and play 30 minutes. Like and he said that. So it was like I could kind of get down with this. Like he's he's he seems to be pretty honest. And I think he sold it when he said, Oh, next year everybody's coming back. We'll be preseason number one. I was like, preseason number one, sound pretty cool. Like, okay, we're going to have a Mecca, Ben, Charlie coming in with me, Josh coming in. Um, we just had, like, a real stacked roster. And um, so I don't think it was that hard to sell. But after I committed to Connecticut, which is, like, in the summer, my father thought that I should attend Oak Hill. I was getting, um, I was getting contacted by Oak Hill. And um, he – he was like, well, what do you think? And I kind of was like, no, nah, I want to stay home. Um, I was like top 20 in the country. I felt like I was – like this is my year to go and, and average 50, I thought. So he um, he's like, nah, you going to go to Oak Hill. So to answer your second question, Oak Hill is on the top of a mountain with mm-hmm. nothing around. It's, it's nothing there. So when I got the stores, it felt like Los Angeles again. <laughs> it, it wasn't that bad. It was I felt free. It was like it was just it was it was cool for me. It was basketball. It was it was like I was used to being on my own already uh, for a year. Um, it wasn't as bad as I feel like 
people coming from high school or coming from like their respective cities and going right to Connecticut might have been like I came from Oak Hill, so it it wasn't that bad for me. Yeah, there's a reason they call it prep school when you go there, right? I am curious though. Like, was it? Do you do you ever regret missing your senior year in high school? Because I I mean I think back senior year of high school prom last uh, high school basketball season, and all my friends were there at the same time. Do you ever ever regret missing that, or was it just kind of? Once you realized, okay, look, basketball is my thing, there's a chance that I can end up making a career out of it, which you obviously did. Did it kind of register? I need to get this thing moving. It wasn't a regret. It was, it's more just a what if. Like, what if I did stay? Like, how would that have changed my perception at Connecticut? Would I have acted different at Connecticut being coming from Los Angeles versus coming from uh, Mouth of Wilson, Virginia? Like, would I be... Would I accept it? Would I want to go home and transfer home if I would have stayed in Los Angeles and went to Connecticut and been culture shot? Like I don't know. So I think I hate I really hate the saying things happen for a reason. Because mm-hmm. things just happen. Like they just happen. And it's about how you adjust or bounce back or or so it wasn't a regret. It was just like I, I wonder like if anything would have changed. Right. If I would have looked at things a little different or acted a little different. Is there anybody like Jim Calhoun in LA? Like, have you ever met anyone like I, he? To me, he seems very quintessential Northeast, very quintessential Boston. He's um, I, I don't. I was talking to my dad the other, maybe like a week ago, and I was just like, his 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 aura is is. I might have ran into other people that have that that star power. He's like a star mm-hmm. and it's like he wears it and he knows he's a star. So his, his aura and his presence is so strong to me. Um, I don't really know too people in, too many people in his position that I feel like wear, wear that the way he does. Like, I think he wears it well. He, he is, I don't know something about Calhoun, man. Is is like people respect him. People know he's in a room. He doesn't have to say anything. Like he's just, you just know he's there. Yep. Well, did you? Did it take you a while to learn the language that he speaks to understand him? Um. No, nah, I'm 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 a jokester, man. So I picked up on that <laughs> kind of fast. Um, I knew a few people from Boston already, so I understood the uh, the no R's. And and the uh, and just the jargon that that they will use. So I wasn't. It wasn't new to me. It was funny nonetheless, though. And um, but like I said, his aura and his his just his being was was always so strong to me. Right. I need your best Jim Calhoun story. And while you think about it, I'll tell you when. I think it was Talik when he was on here. Uh, so that there was one time he got mad at everybody in a practice. So he walked over to like, there's a, there was a broom closet or something in the practice gym and he opened the door. He said, next person that messes up, you're coming into this broom closet and you got to fight me in here. That sounds like something he would say. His, his, one of his favorite lines was if we went into a closet, who would come out? <laughs> <laughs> but, um, my favorite Jim Calhoun story, man, I got about 50. He, uh, let me see. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. 
Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right, myself, we play in Washington in the Sweet 16, right? Coach has this thing where if he asks you a question, you don't really supposed to answer it, right? It's kind of like a, like sarcastic, like. Rhetorical question. Yeah, rhetorical, don't, 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 (laughs) don't answer this. But he'll ask you multiple times, right? So we're playing Washington. I think I threw two turnovers in the second half, right? Might've been back to back. They were close though. Uh, he subs me out, right? We both walk into the bench, and I, I, I could just feel him, right? He has this little – he's chuckling in my ear. <laughs> so I, I'm just walking, and I sit down. And, like, I look down. I just see his shoes, like, in front of me. So I'm, like, trying to – like, let me get something to drink. Let me get a towel. I'm trying not to pay him attention. He's just sitting there, right? So I kind of look up. His arms are crossed. He's like, hey, let me ask you a question. Sweet 16, our whole section is, like, right behind the bench. Like, family, everybody, UConn is right behind the bench, right? Right. And I could feel the arena just quiet. I'm like, damn, it's Sweet Like, why is it so quiet now? <laughs> right? He's like, hey, let me ask you a question, man. How many turnovers do you think you got? So I'm just like, man, I'm looking at the game. Like, I'm, I'm, hey, man, let me get a towel. I'm not trying to pay him no attention. He's like, hey, no, 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 no. Seriously, how many turnovers do you think you have? And I'm like, watching the game. He tapped me on my shoulder. <laughs> like, no, no, please. I want you to answer this question. <laughs> so I'm like, man, I don't know. Five, four turnovers. He yelled to the top of his lungs. You have a thousand fucking turnovers. <laughs> I just put my head down like, damn, man. Like, I know everybody heard this. I'm embarrassed. About 20 seconds later, he's like, hey, Marcus, go uh, go in and get a. But that was just his, his like, he wanted to win so bad. I understood that by my junior year. Like, my okay. freshman year, halfway through my sophomore year, I was like, yo, I, 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 don't, I don't understand him. Like, I don't get, by the time my junior year started, it was like, I, I completely understand that he's just somebody that wants to win, and he expresses himself different. So Plus, it never really bothered me. Right. Like, the embarrassing moments didn't bother me. Him yelling didn't bother me because I kind of seen the bigger picture in it. Yeah, if you're not getting yelled at, that's when he doesn't care about you, more or less. Ah, uh, that ain't true either. Some people just can't be yelled at, and I think he understood that too. That he was a psychology major, man. He 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 knew he who, who he could yell at, who he can, who he had to coddle, and I think that's just with any coach. You have to know who's on your team and know and know how they'll respond. And and I think that's what he was really good at is 
is kind of managing attitudes and managing guys' egos because, I mean, his ego is probably the biggest in the locker room. Right. For sure, the biggest in the locker room as a as a as a college athlete and a college coach, his he has the biggest ego. He's getting paid the most. So it, it's just like he knew how and what buttons to push on certain people. And I and I commend him on that. Because, I mean, that's I just started kind of coaching uh, high school this season. And I understand it. It's like, damn, you really got to micromanage attitudes and egos and and just a lot of different things that have nothing to do with basketball. Yeah, keeping 13 personalities in line is not the easiest thing in the world to do, especially well, when you're at a place like UConn and everyone's got a big personality and, and a level of uh, ego and confidence that's difficult to manage. All right, let me ask you this. So you, you're talking about that Sweet 16 Washington game. I think that's up there among the best games, period, that I've seen in the NCAA tournament. I don't think people really remember. You know, you were you were down five with 40 seconds left. Come down, you find Rashad, he hits the three. They go hit two free throws. You come down, you get the and one, right? They go make two more free throws, and you come down, and Rashad hits that three to force the overtime. Um, is that where does that rank among like the best games that you were a part of, and how memorable was that? Was that comeback? Because I mean, it kind of gets overshadowed. I don't want to bring up bad memories, but George Mason was the next game, so I think people kind of forget just how how amazing that Sweet Sixteen game was. I think a part of games that I've been a part of personally. It has to go in the top five. It has to go in the top five just strictly off of the emotion of what I remember of how I felt mm -hmm. in game. Like we were down, I think, mostly second half. I, I think if I can remember, we were down most of the yeah. time. It was 10 minutes left. I threw those turnovers. It was like, wow, like we really about to lose. Damn, like just it's certain times in a tournament where I got really nervous. Like we played Albany the first round. I got really nervous. We were down 10, 10 minutes left. I'm like, we're about to really lose in the first round. Why? Like it was just like, nah. Like things start to feel surreal. Like I'm really in a situation. We really down 10. We really have to make it. Like it's like, man. So that Washington game, emotionally, I was. Not out of it, but I was just prepared to feel down. And when Rashad made that three to tie it up, and I think Appleby missed the, the shot to to win it, I'm in a huddle and my eyes start watering. I'm not gonna say I was I was crying because I, I I don't think I was. My eyes just start watering, and it was just like I really thought we lost. And he made this. And it was like we had new life. So the, just the emotional side of that game to me, it has to go in the top five. Just and I'm not even talking about basketball yet. Right. Me personally, I think that's that's pretty high. Right. Um, can we give Rashad his flowers? I, I don't think the other day. Right. Rashad gets his flowers every time I talk to him, man. Rashad yeah. is, is is a great person, a great teammate, and I think he was a he was a great player as well. He hit he's hit so many big shots over the years. And I don't think like when we talk about best shooters to come through UConn, people think about like the Ray Allen's and they think about the Ben Gordon, a player like that. But I, I don't think he gets enough credit for for who he was and and the role that he played on some really damn good UConn teams. When we, when Rashad was out my sophomore year, um, he was hospitalized with the with the staff infection thing, mm -hmm. and I didn't really, I didn't really think. Or I didn't really know who was important to our team yet because, I mean, I'm just playing and 
nobody ever is injured and we just we're we're always there and when he went out it was like man we're really missing like nobody can fill that role like i'm looking down our roster and i'm like wow nobody really can step in and make a like a shot mm-hmm. denim can make shots i'm not talking about that i'm talking about the style in which he did it like he just came in the game it was it was it, it just seemed automatic so right. with that um he was he was I mean, to to my to my success, I think he was key in 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 being a part of that for sure. So the the other game I wanted to ask you about was the Final Four game in two thousand four, right? You were were you with the team? Or were you back home? I was back home. You were back home. So what was it like watching that game on television? Because I know what it was like for me that uh, not being a part of the program. You were a part of the program. You're watching it on TV. Like how oh. were you stressed? Were you throwing things like? When they come back and um, who got the t- uh, was it was it Josh that got the tip in that put him ahead? I think so. Yeah. So when he gets that tip in, how are you? Are you running around the you running um, around your apartment going nuts throwing things nah, out the window? Honestly, I watch basketball as like a like not a fan. I watch it like I'm I'm really watching. So I'm I'm trying to call plays. Um, I'm watching it from a like as if I'm on a bench. I'm not really cheering. I'm not so. I'm just watching it from a point like I know my team is good. I know these guys are like even the Duke game. They jumped out on Duke. It's like like Duke is like coming from Los Angeles and and me being new to college basketball and just knowing it's like yo Duke is 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 America's team. Mm-hmm. We're beating Duke. Like this is crazy. Like they have JJ Redick. They have Sheldon Wood. Like they have Duhan. They have all these guys. And it's just like it was so like wow I'm re- like I'm really a part of this program or I'm part like growing up I looked at UConn as like one of the better better teams in in America in college but they weren't Duke as far as what you looked at they weren't the Duke they wasn't I think from from Los Angeles like Georgetown is big mm-hmm. like these these schools that were big in the '90s North Carolina's big like these these '90s schools and now the early 2000s it was like okay connecticut won in 99 but it was like a shock the world thing so nobody really thought they were good or thought they were gonna win or so it was like to kind of be a part of that again it was like man like i don't know i felt like i re- like i made a good decision yeah and, I, I would i would agree with that <laughs> oh it's just like back to your question i didn't really look at it like like I'm running around throwing things and it was just like, okay, now let's like next possession. Like, like it was all about the next possession. And, 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 and once they won, it was just like, all right. So it was like, now I have a, a legitimate blueprint, mm-hmm. I guess. Like since I wasn't a part of the, the probably the most important part of the year, it was like, all right, now I have a blueprint. At least I could kind of see, like I practiced, and I can just see how things are supposed to go. What was so. it like on campus when they got back? Like, what what was it like? Obviously, if you're a UConn player on the UConn campus, if you're a UConn player in the state of Connecticut, you're going to get recognized. People are going to um, are, are going to be a fan of yours. But when you come back from winning a national title, like, what are those next couple weeks like? It was um, it was big because I feel like the women won as well. Mm-hmm. 
or to show them respect, we won as well. <laughs> they 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 have a they have a pretty strong program going. Oh, just a bit. It's okay. I don't, I, I don't mean to say it like they won as well, but I mean we both won, and it was just like the 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 state was just happy. Like it wasn't like oh okay the girls won or okay the guys won let's celebrate. It was like it was just a celebration. Period, and I don't know. It was kind of fun. It was um, I mean, you've seen certain the you've seen certain players getting their flowers or certain like being there with Tarasi. Mm-hmm. It was like man, she's really one of the better people that you would meet, and for all of the love that she gets, like it's crazy that she doesn't really act that way or act. You know, some people can 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 kind of. Oh, I'm Diana Taurasi. Like, who are you? She was just, she's, I don't know. She's one of the better people that I've ever met. And just to to kind of see her in, in a Mecca, like the two stars of that, of, of those championships, kind of be the people that they are and be humble as they were. Um, I think it was pretty cool. All right. So I mentioned the George Mason game. Um, how do you, how do you look back on that moment when you look back on it? Um, it's tough. It's tough, right? Like it's it's one of the if you look at it from a whole, it's like a great moment in college basketball history. An eleven seed, George Mason, comes out of nowhere to make the Final Four, but it just so happened to be at your expense. Like it's it's I don't know. It's kind of it's hard to look back at. It's tough, but this is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. It's like those situations, like, oh, if we'd have played them nine more times, we'd have beat them nine more times. Like, I don't even want to say that. Like, that team shot, I want to say, 80% in the second half. Like, they were really just firing on all cylinders. Like, they got there for a reason. They beat Mm -hmm. Illinois, they beat Carolina, and they beat us. And they had to be somebody. Oh, I think they beat Michigan State. Mm -hmm. Like, they beat, (laughs) like... We were number one, but you beat four programs that are elite. So I don't really look at it like, oh, George Mason beat us. Like, they were just hot. They really were hot and then ran into a very, very, very strong Florida team. But it was tough. Yeah, I mean, it's what makes the NCAA tournament so special, right? It's the best way to figure out a champion, but it's not – it's a horrible way to figure out who is the best team. But the but but the fact that that is what determines who's the champion is is I mean I think I that's what it. makes it I, such a special thing for the sport. I, I for sure get that point because that's like in the NBA playoffs you play a best of seven you get to see who's really better or who can really coach or who who has the durability or you could really just get hot for six games. Right. And nothing against George Mason they got hot for four and that's just what it is like they beat some 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 good teams and I think. I'm not going to say we took them lightly, 
but lack of a better word, we did. Yeah. We we looked ahead. We didn't take them lightly. We just like, oh, if we beat them or when we beat them, we got Florida. That's what everybody want to see. Mm-hmm. Like we matched up with Florida so perfect that I think we were just locked in on that before even playing uh, George Mason. George, yeah. George Mason. Like we beat. I mean, it, it's hard though because it, you're UConn. You're the number one team. You have four first round picks on the roster, right? You see George Mason in front of you. It's impossible not to say all we got to do is take care of these guys and we're going to the next round. It's a very difficult thing to do. And you just beat Washington. So yeah. we're like hot. Like we're we're on our high horse at that point. Like okay, we beat Washington. It's no way we're losing to George Mason. We got to focus on Florida, and it was just like we were up with eight nine points first half. Mm-hmm. So, like I said, they shot a pretty good percentage, and it went to overtime. I don't even remember what happened in overtime. Like I don't remember what happened in overtime with uh, Washington either. But for some reason, I definitely don't remember George Mason's overtime. Yeah, Yo, you blacked that one out. I think a lot of us did. <laughs> a lot yeah. of us did. Yeah. All right, let me. Uh... Let me ask you this. I got two more, and then I'm going to let you get out of here. All right. First and foremost, um, you have you were back on campus in, uh, I think it was May, right? Uh, you meet, met with the coaching staff. How much are you watching these guys play, and what do you think of uh, the Hurley regime? Um, I think the fact that they were able to get back in the Big East helps the um, the recruiting process. Mm-hmm. To, be all, to be honest, nobody wants to play in the AAC. Well, I'm not going to say nobody. Anybody from UConn doesn't want to see the AAC. AAC is not a bad conference. It's just not what, the, it's not what UConn is used to. They're used to Big East, the, the one of the best conferences. You're getting some of the best guys. Um, going to Connecticut was like a like you get to play against some of the best uh, some of the best teams. Mm-hmm. So with that now, I think um, Hurley has that back on his side. And he's able to pull in some guys that they may not have been able to get a few years back. So with that, I think um, I think he's been doing solid. He's been doing really solid. Um, the the assistant coaches are are pretty cool. Um, but it's tough. I mean, it's the Big East. It's tough. It, uh, college is tough. Like I said, handling these 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 personalities and all that. I I, I know it's tough. You got NIL deals and all. I guess all type of things that are factoring into today's college basketball scene that, I mean, he has to be doing a, he has to be doing a good job in order for these guys to be in line and uh, no one's in trouble. Everyone seems to be pretty, had their head on straight. So, I mean, with that alone, I think the staff kind of – well, you have experience with Tom Moore um, being there, um, Keani. So, I think the – the we'll see this year. I think this year is – I think he got a couple of his guys that's been there and, and a couple of crews that he wanted to come in. And so, this this should be maybe the start of something, in, in my opinion, hopefully. Yep, and they just signed a monster class yesterday on on signing day. That I don't know if you've seen That's it. They're calling the, his his guys in now. I think they're they're filtering out maybe some guys that they really had to recruit versus who he really wants and who he may be really getting. That's why I said this year, maybe next year, uh, they should be making a push for some national noise. 
Yeah. Hopefully. But this class they got coming in is really good too. They got a kid they just signed from uh I can't remember if he's from the Bay Area or if he's from Southern California. Um it's uh Stewart. Yeah, Jalen Stewart. No, the, he's from Washington. Then the, uh isn't Jaden Ross? No, I'm sorry. Okay, maybe I'm making something up. Yeah, Jalen Stewart, where's he from? Seattle? Yeah. He's I don't know if you remember Logic and Roderick. Oh yeah. That's one of their sons. Oh wow, how about that, huh? So, yeah, I talked to uh I wanna I, I forget which brother it is, but I, I talked to whoever the dad was and was like, he said, Oh yeah, I mean uh, my son is thinking about going to here. I said, Connecticut? Uh man, y'all ain't going to Connecticut. Maybe like a day or two later, I seen committed. I'm like, it's funny how things just go full circle. Yeah. Or like I've been playing these dudes in high school. I played them at Oak Hill. I played them in camps. Um I played against them all the time coming home from Connecticut. They went to USC. So I would kind of see them all the time. And and now it's like you have a, a, a whole grown son <laughs> that's going to Connecticut, man. That's that's pretty cool. That's pretty all cool. Right. I'm gonna put you on the spot in this one. Okay. It's gonna be a tough question because there's been a lot of talent that's come through UConn. I need your all time UConn starting five. Okay. Uh, the big question is going to be who do you put at point? Are you going to go? You're going to go with Shabazz? Yeah. You're going to go with Kemba? You're going to put yourself on this roster? I'm a realist, man. I'm not. <laughs> I'm not. One of the, I'm, not one of the, I'm. I if if someone says I'm one of the best, then cool. But I'm not. I'm not on that team for sure. Um, now it depends on how you construct that team too. Mm-hmm. I feel like I would be better for a certain constructed team, but I'm not better than Kimba or Shabazz. I'm not going to say that. But you throw some guys around that can score, then you, I might fit better. But the best – Might average team, 10 assists, huh? That's what you're saying? I probably average more than that with the, with an all-time <laughs> team. But I would probably go – I think Shabazz last year was better than Kimba's last year in full. Kimba got really hot, I feel like, at a point. His his hot, like, from the tournament, from the Big East tournament to the tournament, he was just, it was like, whoa. But I think Shabazz started early. The uh, the Florida game. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't really know his, his, his game log that well, but, I mean, I watch enough highlights to kind of know. I feel like Shabazz was pretty good throughout the season. So I'm going to go with him at one. I like a Mecca at five, at the five, um, just from what I've seen. And um, he provided offense. National player of the year. You got to go with him. He provided offense. I'm thinking of like Hashim. He was really good on defense. Um, maybe even Cliff Robinson. But I think a Mecca just provided with as a center what you would need in college basketball. I like Karan at the three. I'm going to go Karan at the three. Probably got to go Ray at the two. Four. Probably Danielle Marshall. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Especially the Danielle that got to the league and started making 12 threes in the game. I even like Danielle at Connect. Like, I, I watch basketball, man. I watch. Like, I, I'm, I'm pretty well from the 80s on. So, I kind of, like, I, Danielle was good in college. I I think it's out of him or Cliff, maybe for that four spot. 
but they they were just I don't know that, that at that time and how basketball is constructed. Like now, I would probably go Rudy at the four with how basketball is today. But if we're talking just all time and and what they did and and their flowers and I would go either Cliff or Daniel at the four, Emeka five, Karan three, Ray two, Shabazz one. Yeah, the the craziest thing about that entire conversation is Ben Gordon. Like it, it just where do you put him? And that's just one like and that's I, Ben Gordon. Ben I lined, Gordon. Up, I lined up next to it a lot. And that's the first probably name that came into mind, but I think that just goes to show what, what Jim Calhoun had there as well. Yep. I agree. You know, I agree. Ben made me want to transfer. <laughs> ben almost had me. Well, not almost. Just the first time I had to play. Talik wasn't there for pickup one day. At the beginning of the year, we wasn't even practicing yet. It was like the second week of us even being on campus. Talik played against Ben every day when we scrimmaged. I had to guard Ben every uh, for this particular day. And he had nine out of nine on me. And I was just like, I don't think I can play at Connecticut, man. <laughs> like if they if if it's like this, this ain't for me. Yeah, that so, was your from the UConn moment, huh? Yeah, man. It was like, yeah, college is pretty tough. I, who is this dude again? <laughs> <laughs> it was like, man, he's that good. So, Ben Gordon for sure is one of those names. Like, but but you still got Ray Allen and you still got Karan. So it was hard. Yep. Six man yep. for sure, though. Yeah, for sure. Well, listen, man, I appreciate it. Didn't he win six man of the year in the NBA one year? Yeah. That, that's perfect. There you go. That's your out. So we can't get mad at you. <laughs> <laughs> listen, Marcus, I appreciate the time, man. It was great to catch up. I'm sure UConn fans are going to be thrilled to hear from you. It was nice talking to you, man. I appreciate you having me.